I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. Today, we're going to hear from the trio of Emancipator, Rena Jones, and Flower Pulse, who combine on a new EP called Xylem. They merge their guitars, cello, and violin in an electroacoustic landscape of synthesizers and environmental sounds. I've also got the 25th icon of Echoes for you, Honest Obel. She creates a sound that's both introspective and incandescent. She is one of only four icons to have begun their career in the 21st century. I've got an extended portrait of this amazing artist who creates a deep chamber pop sound. You know, Honest Obel has had three CD of the Month picks, so members of the Echoes CD of the Month Club have been enjoying some pretty great sounds from her. Every month, we pick out our favorite album and send it to members of the Echo CD of the Month Club. Some recent picks have included London Grammar, Moby, Lana Del Rey, Steve Roach, Anna Brune, and Digitonal. Our June pick is Ulrich Schnauss and Jonas Monk's Eight Fragments of an Illusion. You can read my review of that at echoes.org, and while you're there, check out the Echoes CD of the Month Club. And now, let's hear Emancipator Rena Jones and Flower Pulse commune with nature. Xylem is an album by an electronic trio of individual artists out of Oregon. There's Emancipator, he's also known as Douglas Appling, Flower Pulse, also known as Mark Schillimpalia, and Rena Jones, who is only known as Rena Jones. They are multi-instrumentalists who are also plugged in. genesis of them getting together to record was a 4th of July barbecue. Rena Jones. Mark and I are in Portland, Oregon, and Doug has a house close by here, and then also he lives up at the base of Mount Hood on several acres, about 30 acres or so, and that's where we recorded the bulk of the album. It actually started in his backyard on 4th of July, the song Morth started from a a 4th of July in his backyard, and we, we started jamming and figured we had something there. Douglas Appling. I had the road set up. If I recall, I was starting some sort of drum programming on the computer. I got a beat going and uh, Mark was playing some Rhodes piano and then Rena recorded some cello. And that's how the first song started. And then there were the fireworks. Mark Shilampalia. We were in Doug's backyard on the 4th of July and there was this kind of awesome fireworks display happening. and. One of us, I forget who, recorded it on their phone, the firework sounds, and I had brought a modular synthesizer over, and um, we had the idea to say, like, oh, it'd be really cool to, like, take these firework sounds and run them through the, the synthesizer and see what happens. And so we produced some kind of synthesizer-y field recording type sounds also for the background ambience of, of that track and kind of overlaid it with the stuff we were doing in the studio and just kind of liked the way it sounded and it sort of grew from there.
Xylem, which should be the group's name, is the vascular tissue that conducts the flow of water and nutrients through a plant's stem. It's among the many organic metaphors they use for their music, something Rena Jones has been doing from the beginning. It's really cool to mimic nature in art, in any medium, whether it's film or painting or music or whatever, there's there's a certain aesthetic that nature has that's very unique and, you know, even though I'm using very electronic elements in a lot of my stuff, I think that it's still really fun to try to mimic nature through those elements. The environment was one of their instruments. Mark Schilmpalia, who is also married to Rena Jones, is a student of Musique Concrète, a movement begun in Europe in the 1940s by composers like Pierre Schaffer, Karlheinz Stockhausen, and Luciano Berrio. It's taking sounds found in the world and turning them into music. definitely an influence for me. I can't speak for Doug and Rita, but that kind of stuff definitely shaped my experience in those early days. I think the lesson there, even if you're not literally making music concrete, is that there's music everywhere at all times. And it's not just about the natural world. Like I, I could just as happily record the sound of like a bus leaving a bus station and find something beautiful in it. He's on so much acreage, Doug is, that we would go on hikes or walks and pick up recordings from around his property. There's um, even like a drum kit built out of them smacking tree branches against the, the trees in the, in, in the middle of a rainstorm. So there's this natural reverb and decay and you know they're throwing rocks on the ground and built a drum kit out of that. This isn't the usual crickets or babbling brook sitting behind a synth pad or flute solo. You may not even recognize these sounds after the trio finishes messing with them electronically. So it's definitely a theme throughout the album is this processed field recordings. You can hear that on the track, Where the Owls Roost. One of my favorite field recordings on the album is from Where the Owls Roost. Because he's on all this property, there was just, I mean, there must have been a couple hundred owls that had flocked in for the season and were hunting. And it was in the middle of the night and we were in the studio and all the owls were out and they were just screeching, just wildly screeching. I mean, I've never heard so many owls in my whole life and I had to run out there and capture the sounds. And so if you listen carefully, there's lots of owls screeching in that track. And that's that's why it got that name where the owls roost because there was several, there's literally hundreds of owls. <laughs> the owls aren't hooting. They're making a screeching sound like an electronic effect.
Xylem album isn't organic just because of the field recordings, but because they all play conventional instruments in addition to electronics. Every one of us contributed quite a bit, whether it was percussion or vocals or guitar or, you know, mandolin or, you know, there's a lot of live instrumentation on it. So we are electronic musicians and we're all also all musicians as well. You can hear it on a track like this with our bluesy cello pizzicato. <laughs> I'm glad that you recognize which ones were mine. Um, I'm very, very proud of this. That was, um, especially with Mark matching my bass line on electric bass, so he's playing, I wrote that main kind of groove bass line, and then he matched my bass line from the cello on electric bass and gets this really thick, groovy, just, it's so groovy, the two of us on bass together. category where you can box in the music made on Xylem. But Douglas Appling has his own variation on the Duke Ellington maxim. There's only two kinds of music, good music and bad music. I would go as far as to say that the only kind of music worth listening to is some kind of music that pushes the existing schema of, of genres and, and styles. So I hope we did that to some extent. by Emancipator, Rena Jones, and Flower Pulse is out now on Loci Records. I'll have a link for Xylem by Emancipator, Rena Jones, and Flower Pulse in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. And now the 25th icon of Echoes, the Immaculate Anna Sobel. We've talked to her with every one of her releases, and here's a profile of this major figure in chamber pop music. You may have noticed over the last decade that you hear more singers on Echoes than in our first 20 years. One of the reasons is the 25th icon of Echoes, Anna Sobel. Her 2010 debut album, Philharmonics, thoroughly enchanted us, and she's continued to do that with each succeeding recording, three of which were Echoes CD of the Month picks, and two were the number one album of the year.
Anisobel creates an enveloping, introspective world, peering out from a bubble of creation that, with each album, has become more isolated but more personal. That's why her fourth album was called Myopia. I'm using myopia. That's my um, working technique. It's a wonderful thing to disappear into an idea and into a state of mind that can just take over everything in your life. But it's also something that can be uh, very problematic. So it's like playing with fire a little bit. It has a lot of great potentials and also you can also get burned. So, but I think, I think that's why I don't work with others is because I need this. I guess it's an illusion that I'm all alone uh, to, to make music. Becoming a rock and roller or even a pop singer was never a proposition for Anna Sobel. With her long, dirty blonde hair and clear blue Scandinavian eyes, she probably could have been some kind of pop diva, but it was never in the cards. I think I never learned to play rock and roll on the piano. So I started out playing classical piano as a child, and um, but I also played uh, rhythmical music in other contexts, but I never really used the piano in that in that way. So I had like this the rhythmical music world, and then I had my piano world. And then um, at some point, I disc I thought I'd better combine them, or I also record the melodies I made on piano, and that's why I'm sitting here. Born in 1980 in Copenhagen, Anis had a musical childhood. Yeah, it was like my parents' main interest. My father collected music instruments, so we had like two grand pianos and yeah, we had like a lot of weird instruments. Her parents would have come of age in the 1960s, which explains some of the music Anis heard as a child, like the complete works of the Velvet Underground, including solo records by members Lou Reed and John Cale. Shiny, shiny. My mother is totally into Velvet Underground, so she has everything from Lou Reed and, and John Cale as well. But I was never, you know, it's like when your parents listen to something, then sometimes you're like, no, I don't want to listen to it. She covered John Cale's I Keep a Close Watch on her 2010 debut album, Philharmonics. It's like maybe he has some experience in something I don't have, so so it has some kind of, in Danish you say tyngde, but I don't know how to translate it, I think weight or something some heaviness or something that, that, that I would like to have on the album because I, I thought my own songs didn't have this feeling. Gravitas. Yeah, maybe. That's the word, exactly. <laughs> I keep close way. 
Anna Sobel doesn't need John Cale's music to give her a sense of weight or gravitas. Early on, she created a world of longing and loss with seductive melodies surrounded by spare keyboards, guitar, and her multi-tracked voice. It makes her music sound like Eric Satie transformed through Zen minimalist canons. Anas has an affinity for folk music and even used to play a folk tune in her live set. When I first came down, they called me Robin Jew. Now they change their tune, call me Katie Crow. Few ways I'm going through the back of my ear, straight way down the road to my heart's desire. Direct, melodic, and emotional thrust of folk music runs through Anna Solbell's songs like An Underwater Spring. It brings a childlike simplicity to her compositions, like lullabies and nursery rhymes. Cellist Anna Muller, who played on Obel's first two albums and early tours. Oh, I hear really a lot of things from my childhood, and I was uh, singing a lot of songs because my grandmother was music teacher and sang all the time with me all the children's songs. That was the first thing was I was thinking about, that it's a folk song, a lot of structures. I was really happy about to hear it and reminds me so much of my childhood. Müller is right on target. Besides the T and WC, Obel's music is informed by children's songs, many of which she heard from Swedish pianist Jan Johansson, who died in 1968. He was a jazz pianist from Sweden and he interpreted uh, folk songs, like f Swedish folk songs and also Russian and Polish folk songs in his own kind of jazzy but not really still kind of folky way and very simple piano, very beautiful. It reminds me very much of these Bartok children's songs. It has this, it's sometimes like lullabies. You get really calm when you listen to them. echoes of Johansson's music in Obel's songs like Just So. I thought of a nursery rhyme when I made and um, of a song my father sang to me when I was a, a kid. Um, but I don't remember the song actually. This is my own made-up memory of the song. And it's actually about a person I, I knew at that time who was feeling a little bit depressed and didn't want to get up in the morning. And, um, and then I thought maybe what if I pretend that I was him? and describe how he was feeling and at the same time kind of give him a reason to get out of his bed.
Bell continued her largely acoustic sound on Aventine. There are few players and no synthesizers. There isn't even percussion, except for what comes from Obel and cellist Anna Muller. Yeah, I did some uh, percussion. It's not really percussion. It's I used my bow and I used it the other way around. So I used this, uh, the wood of the bow and not the hair. So to just to hit the strings. And it's called batuto. And, but there's also a lot of percussion. Anus just made on the piano too. She she had the piano. She uh, made a beat with her sandal. I don't know. I think there are a lot of different ways to make beats. <laughs> this simple, elegant instrumentation frames songs that were even more personal than her already intimate debut on Philharmonics. I think it was the perspective because with Philharmonics I was working a lot with memories of things and imagining being somebody else and telling a story from their perspective and sort of using my own Im imagination as sort of the driving thing behind the songs. Uh, but in with Aventine I wanted to make songs from my from the time I was in th at that very moment without reflecting and without knowing what it actually was. Yeah. So it sounds like things weren't going so well. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that time but they, they became good again, so. <laughs> Citizen of Glass, Honest began plugging in using electronic keyboards and vocal processes and layers. It was like she was channeling multiple personalities. Well, I wanted to make an album where where you sort of felt like you were stepping into the head of another person, in this case me. <laughs> and I like books and I like films and I like albums where you feel like you you see the world through the eyes of the person telling the story. You can hear that sort of split personality on a song called Familiar. It features what I thought was a male madrigal choir, but then I found out that the choir was all on a Sobel. I wrote Familiar about a secret love affair, and then this the secret becomes a ghost. That was sort of the idea. And then I wanted the ghost to sing the chorus, like this ghost voice. And I tried to do it with my own voice, which just sounded ridiculous, and it didn't sound like I was a ghost. And then <laughs> and then I found this pitch shifter effect and pitched down the voice to fifth, and suddenly this man's voice appeared. And I really, I really thought it sounded still like me. I was surprised how many people thought it really was a man. <laughs> Oh. 
Honest Hobel isn't a jazz singer, but like Billie Holiday, she bends and slides into her words, distending lyrics and slurring them into each other. And that's before she adds her electronic processing. As poignant and insightful as her lyrics are, for Honest, it's more about the sound than the words. Yeah, I really like this uh, thing that happens with the sound of a word and the meaning of the word and how when you change the sound a little bit, the meaning of the word is also sort of expanded. Uh, I feel like the word opens up to you and the meaning of the word in a new way when you understand it in a musical sense, when you sing the word sky and you can sing it in a way where it sort of gets a new meaning. Uh, if, you, if, if the way you, your voice is bending or the way you, uh, your voice is maybe not even comfortable, then the meaning of the word sky changes. sense of mystery in Anna Sobel's music. The words aren't always intelligible. The mood is often shrouded. The melodies seem to move from some otherworldly space. It's a music that has secrets, hidden thoughts, clandestine accent, things that go unspoken. In many ways, the way I've ended up making music is I've tried to recreate different states of mind that I've experienced and that yeah, that I and that I keep on experiencing, and so I, with the production and the, with the songwriting, I'm trying to sustain a certain state of mind that I'm either struggling with or enjoying, you know. And uh, and I, I, my wish is that the listener is sort of stepping into that and experiencing that state of mind from from my perspective. Although Anna Sobel used the term myopia to explain her fourth album, it's more like she's doing the work of a Buddhist monk meditating. She's mapping her mind, exploring its vagaries, deviations, and insights. Among the 30 icons of Echoes, Anna Sobel is one of only four to have begun their career in the 21st century. She is the 25th of 30 icons of Echoes. Anna Sobel, the 25th icon of Echoes. All I wanted to do after putting this feature together was listen to more of her music. You can read my reviews of her three CD of the month picks, including last year's release, Myopia. I'll have the links in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. 
Org. Next week, I've got another icon, Oliver Arnold's, and we'll hear the Mastelottos talk about their album, A Romantic Sky to King Crimson, and they find the love songs in the works of the legendary progressive rock band. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.